Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to L.A. King's Road Talk Radio. check or hip check however it may be and uh we have great show for you and always a good show when the kings can uh put a bit of a beat down on a uh, uh division rival so uh joining me right now to help talk about it is our la king superfan augie lawyer augie can you hear me i can hear you loud and clear hip can you hear me you sound great as well. So perfect, perfect, perfect. So, uh, perfect. Yeah, and we, uh, I've been under the weather lately, and Augie's got a, a hockey game coming up. Where's your game at tonight, Frank? There? It's going to be over at LA Kings Valley Ice Center in beautiful downtown Panorama City, California. The rink where Justin Bieber does make guest appearances once in a while. However, I don't know if the Beats will be there tonight. So. Those of you fans out there, those of you groupies out there who are trying to get a sight of Justin Bieber, I don't know if he'll be there. But if you are free, Hired Gun Trio would love to have some young groupies start to follow them as they tour all of Southern California for your enjoyment. So, yeah, like I snuck that in, huh? <laughs> Duly noted. Thank you for the plug. Yes, we're playing in Huntington Beach Friday night at Gallagher's uh, Bar there in downtown Huntington Beach. So thank you for that. And uh, let's get right to it. Uh, boy, cr- crazy game, really. I mean, uh, because you look at the scoreboard five to nothing, uh, and it was it was close. I mean, it was it was really neck and neck the first two periods. I think you know when you see a five nothing game, you kind of think maybe it was an ass kicking throughout, but. This was anybody's game until Patrick Maroon took that ill-time penalty and the the Kings just capitalized in a way that they haven't capitalized on a major penalty since uh, June of 2012. And after that, uh, it definitely broke the Oilers' spirits. And uh, I'll be honest, Augie, I think think Todd McClellan's going to get fired. (laughs) You know, I mean, they had... They had high hopes going into this season. I actually predicted. I thought they were going to be one of the best, to be honest with you. Uh, just assuming younger players would get older, I thought they made some good off-season moves. But 
they've gone backwards in every relevant category. And at some point, I think that I think McClellan's going to get fired. What do you say? It wouldn't surprise me. Uh, he's uh, definitely one on the hot seat, and uh, you've also got the seat very warm over in Philadelphia. So, uh, who uh, who gets the call? Does uh, does Daryl Sutter get a call at this point uh, from Edmonton? Ooh. Maybe I don't know. But even then, but even then, I don't know if Daryl Sutter's like uh, if these are the Sutter type of players. I I really yeah. don't know. Or maybe or maybe. Maybe these players would fit well in the Sutter system. I really don't know because we saw how Sutter system functioned over the past three years as the NHL rules changed and his system and way of doing things did not bode well for playoff results. So uh, those people who are clamoring for the return of Daryl Sutter, either in Edmonton or Philadelphia, careful what you wish for because you just might get it and it might not be a good fit. Uh, That team, though, Edmonton, they look like they have given up on, on McClellan. I, I am I am shocked what I saw out there. Very shocked. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you anymore. Anyways, we got a big night. we got to talk about the World Junior Championship, uh, tonight's Kings game. Uh, even prognosticate a little bit as we head towards Thursday's night's game in Calgary as the Kings looking to maybe have a chance to do uh, a little Canadian sweeping, and we'll go around the NHL as well. But let's go ahead and get right to it and knock off some of the low-hanging fruit that we do. Uh, first period, really a sloppy period. Uh, both teams exchanging uh, plenty of shot opportunities, 26 shots uh, in the uh, in the first period. And really, uh, at that point, I was a little worried about the Kings. There was a little bit of uncharacteristic uh not a lot of good puck decisions in their own end. Some sloppy turnovers, if not for the play of quick. Uh, Edmonton really easily could have jumped out to a 2 nothing, 3 nothing lead. Would you uh, agree with that assessment, Augie? Yeah, I, I definitely do. And I think one thing that really surprises me about that, uh, about that instance out there, it was like the Kings were kind of thrown off by how fast that ice in Edmonton is. Uh is has been publicized through by hockey heads around Edmonton is regarded as probably one of if not the best ice in the NHL one of the best ice surfaces in the NHL and it seemed as though the Kings were just completely out of sync in that first period uh, out there by the speed of the ice and Jonathan Quick doing what Jonathan Quick does kept it scoreless for these guys until they could get until they could find their feet out there because uh, the team I saw take this uh, the ice in the second period was definitely an improvement over the team that was out there in the first period. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And once again, both teams really kind of exchanging opportunities there in the second, slowed down a little bit, but it ended up being none other than Andy Andreoff that was uh, breaking the score open there, his second of the season. Beautiful a feed there by Torrey Mitchell on a little two-on-one. And uh, and Andreoff looked a bit like a goal scorer there, Augie. I thought it was Tanner Pearson for a moment there. That's how smooth Andrioff looked right there. Could you believe that double A with the with the smooth silky hands? That was wow. I was like, who is that guy? Yeah, he looked. Uh, he looked like he knew what he was doing for sure. And then the play that the NHL is definitely going to be talking about uh, towards the uh, end of the second. Uh, Patrick Maroon uh, takes an ill-advised run at Dowdy. Uh, shoulder to the face. Dowdy doesn't have the puck. Completely unaware. 
this one's definitely going to be looked at by the rules committee. And um, I, I assume Maroon's probably going to get suspended at least maybe one or two games. Uh, did it look that flagrant, really? Uh, I, I guess in hindsight, there's probably worse when you look at some of the other guys in the league that are kind of known for that. But it definitely does not look good and probably made all the worse just because he, he went against Dowdy, one of the league's marquee players. Now, uh, earlier, Dowdy did make a nice legal hip check on McDavid as McDavid was taking it up the middle, but it was a very clean. McDavid had the puck. Uh, it was a hip-on-hip contact. There was nothing nefarious or dirty about that at all. But from that point on, I don't know if Maroon was thinking about getting revenge for that or if he just wasn't thinking, but it was a uh, – he's going to be sitting some games. Augie, how many games do you think he's going to get, if any? Zero. And I don't think uh, – for all the people that are losing their minds over it, let's uh, – let, got to understand something. I've been watching this game since the 70s. And I'll even go forward up into the uh, – I'll even go forward up into the 90s. That hit was nothing compared to Scott Stevens' hit to Paul Correa up in the skull back in the Stanley Cup final. Uh, when the Ducks were playing the, the New Jersey Devils. I um, having watched Pat Maroon throughout his career and seeing the type of guy that he is and having met him on occasion too, he's actually a very, very nice guy, and I have a lot of respect for the big rig. When I looked at that replay, there seemed to be like a bit of hesitance on his part. It was like the puck was coming around there, and it's like I think he was trying to time a hit on Dowdy if Dowdy got the puck, and then it was like the puck went by him, his body was there, he couldn't, it was like he couldn't find it, and then he hits and he makes contact with Drew. I, you know, realistically, I think the worst that should happen is a fine. Don't see it as something where he even really extended his arm out. It was like he kept his, he kept his arm tucked in. And that's something that, that kind of makes the difference in my eyes between like a full-on I'm going to lay this guy out and something where he kind of got caught in between and he ends up hitting Dowdy, who did bend down there uh, at, the, at the last instant and did get caught by, by Maroon's elbow uh, right up to the jaw. Uh, do I think it was intentionally dirty? No, I'm not going to go that far. Because uh, Maroon even looks surprised. But i got to tell you right now, big ups to Derek Forbert. Regardless of if it was intentional or not, Forbert did what a good teammate does. He dropped the gloves and went up against a legit tough guy because Maroon can fight. And I knew Forbert yep, was not yep. going to get the good end of that. He can fight, and yep. Forbert was not going to get the good end of it, but he had to stick up for Dowdy because last year that didn't happen. We saw Kessler knock out Carter. We saw the shenanigans that – Kachuk did with Dowdy, uh, but big ups to Derek Forbert for doing that. If anything out of that, big stick tap to him and doing what he did. He did what was right, and that's the difference between this year's team and last year's team. These guys actually really are one in sync and doing what is right by the code. Yeah, no, you you said it beautifully, and I'm I'm completely 100% in agreement there. Uh, Forbert definitely got some major street cred there in the L.A. Kings locker room for doing that. And uh, that really opened up for what was uh, the the dagger, multiple daggers in the heart of the folks there at the Northlands Coliseum tonight because uh, uh, Edmonton already the league's worst penalty killing in the league. 
And once again, at that that time of the game, it was still only one to nothing Kings. But uh, in the first, uh, geez, about 90 seconds into the into the period, it was Gabarik, his eighth, a nice little uh, just you know he Gabarik's a goal scorer. He's a pure sniper. He knows where to put it. That was a really really good example of that. Uh, Martinez and Tafoli on the assist. Uh, a couple minutes later. Uh, it was a very similar kind of a bang-bang cross-ice play. The only difference was there was a big, fat rebound. Actually, uh, I don't know if you saw the rebound of that, Augie, but it looked like that that puck was going to go in regardless if Brown finished it off or not. So it probably would have been a Kopitar's goal, but uh, Brown gets to that fat rebound there, scooches it in, his 14th of the season. Uh, once again, assisted by Martinez and Kopitar. Uh, as far as Gabrick's go, that was his eighth of the season. So pretty, pretty impressive. Gabrick hasn't played that many games, and he's already got eight goals on the season. Really good sign. Not too much later yep. after that, uh, just uh, 35 seconds later, it was Kempe, uh, really uh, Edmonton's goalie, uh, just badly. Talbot just, I don't know if he lost sight of it, but he was looking left. The puck went right. Kempe was Johnny on the spot. Hits it home for his 12th goal of the year, assisted by Muzzin and Gabrick. And uh, at that time, you could see the the Oilers were dejected. They really had nothing uh, going on after that. And just to put the uh, final nail in the coffin, uh, Dustin Brown uh, off of a really nice uh, one-time. It was two-on-one. Kopitar makes the nice feed. Brown just snipes it on home. His 15th of the season then, assisted by uh, once again, Pearson and Kopitar, and that was pro- that was pretty much all she wrote for the game. Kings win uh, five to nothing. Uh, quick, thirty-two uh, saves uh, on the season, or thirty-two saves in the game, and so he got a shutout. And it's it's ironic too because when you talk about goalie shutouts, uh, goalie shutouts. You know, Quick was big when he had to, and then the Kings really played well from him in the third period, like. In that third period, he must have at a comfort level like none other the way the Kings were boxing out. And really, not too many high-quality uh, quality chances there for the Oilers in the third. And I think a large part of that, Augie, was, once again, you could just see in the body language, they were a team that had given up, and they, they were a dejected squad. Yeah, no doubt about it, Hip. As a matter of fact, uh, in watching that, uh, it's you just can't. It, you, it's really disbelief for me here because, uh, it, realistically, it, it's like the Golden Knights and uh, and Oilers have literally swapped where we thought they were going to be, and yeah. it's it's just it's amazing to see. And I mean, I, I guess the Oilers, I guess the Oilers really like having first round number one draft picks because. That's where they're headed at this point. I mean, uh, they're, they're dive bombing straight down to missing out on the playoffs, and that is that I don't think is acceptable up there, especially with the with the Wayne Gretzky group that's in charge there. Hey, Hip, I just arrived to the rink and I've got to get going, but uh, I mean the Kings uh, next up against Calgary, of course, and tonight's game was. Uh, uh, really good finish in that third period. Really good of them to uh, take advantage during that major penalty. And uh, Gabrick and Brown, two guys who everybody was praying would be taken by the Vegas Golden Knights or somehow dumped and bought out or what have you. Well, where in the world would we be without Gabrick and Brown right now? Yeah, yeah, it's a funny game. And, 
And that's the reason we play the games, just for that reason. Hey, Augie, good luck tonight. Thanks so much for your help, okay? Thanks, buddy. All right. We'll Keep talk a good to you Thursday. Going Follow in, uh, the Kings. Got it, buddy. Yep. Take care, Scott. Bye. Uh, all right. Good night, man. All right. There we go. L.A. Kings superfan Augie Loya off to his hockey game. Uh, my eldest son had his uh, evaluations tonight for his hockey season, and I'm sure my youngest son's uh, is going to be tomorrow or Thursday. So, uh, as the new season start for rec hockey and whatnot, it's a never-ending season, and it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. I only wish I had the time and the money for uh, me to be able to strap on my skates and flail around the house, flail around the ice helplessly. Anyhow, uh, let's go ahead, uh, Jonathan Quick. Uh, his third shutout of the season, uh, not good enough for number one, even uh, Vasilevsky there in Tampa Bay, an amazing five shutouts on the season. Uh, tied for number two, you got uh, Bravrovsky in Columbus and former King Ben Bishop in Dallas, uh, four shutouts on the season there for Ben Bishop. So uh, there we go. Quick moving up there, though, his third on the season, good enough for fourth and uh, more room where that came from. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, just go around the around the NHL right now. Busy, busy night uh, in the NHL. And good thing that the Kings won tonight because they got no help uh, really from anybody else. Uh, the Pacific, almost every single team in the Pacific won tonight. Uh, so Ducks currently 5-0 to zero, uh, over uh, Vancouver. And uh, Vancouver just once again another team that's uh, struggling. And as we said on this show, uh, Perry back tonight, Getzloff back, Kessler back. Uh, the trade for uh, Henrique definitely pay, paying dividends. Uh, Ducks definitely going to be a tough team as uh, they move forward through the season. Uh, Lightning two to nothing uh, over the Maple Leafs. I'm sure they go. And that was Vasilevsky's sixth shutout. So I add that back. That is his sixth shutout of the season. Tampa Bay definitely got to be the favorites in the East. Uh, Penguins uh, five to one over the Flyers. Flyers season uh, continues to lumber along. Bruins five to one over the Islanders. Uh, Caps five to four over the Hurricanes. Uh, Sharks four to one over Canadians. Once again, Canadians uh, in worse shape than uh, than the the Flyers. Really, what a strange season. Uh, historically, teams that are pretty good are just all struggling, and teams that definitely had higher hopes, just outright pathetic. Uh, Timo Meyer with a couple of goals there in San Jose. Uh, let's see, Wild 5-1 to one over the Panthers. Blues 3-2 to two over the Devils. Uh, Blue Jackets 2-1 to one over the Stars. There's your lone bright spot uh, for uh, the scoreboard and division watchers. Uh, Avalanche 3 over the Jets. Golden Knights blank the the Predators three to nothing and of course here in Kingsland five to nothing. Some other uh, scores here we wanted to talk about USA beating the Russians going to face Sweden this Thursday for the uh, World Junior Championship semifinals. Uh, Canada going to play the Czechs. Will be interesting to see what happens there. USA divisional champs got to like their chances there. But uh, boy, it's been fun to watch and. Yes, there's another Kachuk. We can talk Kachuk we're going to be facing on Thursday, but there's another Kachuk in the World Juniors who's a, a pretty good player in his own right. Uh, so we'll see what uh, what will happen there. And uh, being that we have a short show tonight, I'm going to go ahead and just call it quits because I've been under the weather and got to work tomorrow. And 
Once again, we'll be back Thursday. What a great game, though. L.A. Kings, uh, five to nothing winners over a struggling Edmonton squad. Got to think that uh, Todd McClellan may not last that much longer. Oh, how about we do a quick plug here on our way out? Hi, this is Tony Granado, and you are listening to L.A. Kings Road Talk Radio. Yes, newly named Olympic head coach, Tony Granado. Thank you so much, Tony. And as we do on every show, uh, we're going to end this up with a little coked up Elvis. Hey, we'll be back Thursday night, so uh, tell your friends about our show. If they're Kings fans, diehard Kings fans, uh, please, any help. Much appreciated as the Kings continue uh, two and nothing on their Western Canadian road swing. One game to go against those Flames to see if they can pull off the sweep. Can they do it? We'll be here to talk about it. And uh, from Hockey Central, South Orange County, this is your old friend Hipcheck, a.k.a. Scott Cahill, uh, saying good night to everybody. If uh, you're going to be in Huntington Beach this Friday, why not stop by Gallagher's Irish Pub right there on Main Street. My little band's going to be playing from 9 to 10.30. Hope to see you.
fantastic. Thank you. You're a beautiful audience, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you.